2: Episode 24, Mastering the Mind-to-Body Connection with Movement with Richie Norton. Welcome to the Alternatively Healthy podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, personal trainer, wellness coach, and founder of online wellness magazine, Alternatively Healthy. This is your high vibe, soul soothing, weekly dose of wellness. Each week, I will be getting up close and personal, bringing you conversation and insight with some of the wellness industry's most renowned health practitioners, coaches, experts and thought leaders from around the world. Through our podcast, we hope to give you all the information, resources and tools that you need to help shape the healthiest and happiest version of you. Richie is an ex rugby player turned yogi, adrenaline junkie, and has spent the last 10 years working alongside sports professionals and some of the most respected pioneers of human performance. Getting actors movie ready and athletes game ready, experimenting with meditation, breathwork, calisthenics, and his beloved yoga, his coaching will take you on a journey of self-discovery, giving you all the tools you need to unlock and develop your full physical and mental potential. In this episode, Richie and I get up, close and personal with mind to body connection when it comes to movement we discuss the importance of mobility when moving how to overcome injuries and cope with them mentally and physically we discuss why we should move daily in whatever shape or form our bodies need and crave we learn to understand how to know what type of movement our body is craving and the role and power the breath has in our movement tell us where you are richie
3: well, I'm currently sat very close to my window, looking out across the ocean in South Wales, my new home.
2: Yeah. That sounds beautiful and blissful. Same, we're not in the same room, but well, you I are did not. say that. You know, <laughs> the
3: invite is always open. I love having guests. It's my pleasure yeah. to show people this other side of my world. That, that was. Find. We'll
2: talk about that because we'll talk about how you changed and switched up things, moved into <laughs> your world. But firstly, thank you so much for joining me. Finally, we have been going backwards and forwards about this podcast for a very long time and I've been desperate to get you on because from a PT to PT conversation I know that your message and what you promote through movement and exercise is something I'm really really passionate about and for anyone in the audience who is listening you know how much I go on about tuning into you and moving because you love your body and moving in ways that make it feel loved and feel good so i'm super excited to be kind of having this discussion with you today about mindfully moving and moving in different ways so thank you for joining me i'm glad we eventually made it happen I guess firstly, I'd love to talk about your experience briefly on like how you've wound up right where you are now, because you're kind of a true example of how mindfulness has really changed your whole life. And I know you went from rugby player to yoga teacher to doing what you are now. So do explain to my audience a little bit how that happened and why it happened. Well,
3: there's definitely quite a lot that's gone on in between rugby and yoga, like maybe 15 years that makes me sound really old. Yeah. Um, I'm not that old, but <laughs> rugby was a, a really big part of my life from the age of five and became kind of a foundation for my education, my stress relief, and taught me a lot in a lot of respects in the way that it became my focus outside of study, my education. I lived in the Middle East as a kid. My dad used to work on oil rigs as a geologist and I went to an English-American speaking school where all we did was go to the beach for barbecues, play rugby and get in trouble. (laughs) Moving back to the UK, I got into rugby again because it was what I knew and not really sort of getting on in the education system, kind of being a bit rebellious with it all. Moving around quite a bit, rugby became that real guide for me that taught me so much. And it was an outlet for me as well. But fast forward a few years, going into college, playing high level rugby, I eventually started to get wear and tear. My body started to get injured on a more regular basis and it got me really frustrated because it was everything to me. Mm. And eventually opportunity came up for me to go and travel and to get some opportunities to go and play internationally and my body wasn't quite up to the scratch. Of actually performing at that higher level so i went into rehab in terms of trying to rebuild my body a little bit better trying to get stronger trying to get fitter trying to get healthier listening to all these so-called specialists that i had around me that were giving this advice and nothing really helped because what i was doing was just smashing my body week in week out lifting lots of weight eating lots of food trying to get as big as possible as well as drinking the beer that comes hand in hand with rugby And eventually got to a point where I was a little bit fitter to go and play overseas. I went to go and play over in New Zealand and that was amazing for me. Taught me a lot, but the injuries were plaguing me season in, season out. So eventually the career ended from some hyperextension in my knee, sciatica down my back of my legs from frayed nerves in my spine. And on top of all this going on, my head's in bits. Mm -hmm. So very frustrated, very angry, very angry blaming everybody and blaming myself in a really low mindset just started to go down a very bad path not being able to channel my frustration but also not really knowing where to go with it all. Really, after the career ended very very early on I think I was 24 25 when I finished my career rugby wise so there's a little bit of insight into where yeah. I can. There'll be a lot of athletes out there, a lot of young lads, young ladies out there that are probably pushing themselves quite hard, <laughs> and their body's yeah. probably telling them a lot, but they're ignoring the signs. But, you know, we're talking quite a long time ago now, we know a lot more about the body, and if I'd listened to my body and had and understood what I know now back then, I could have intervened and probably, I'd like to think, still be playing.
2: Yeah.
3: So just to follow up on that point and just get into the whole yoga thing, there was another 10 years that passed and there was a lot of learning, a lot of experimenting, but some really key people in yoga, movement, meditation, capoeira, osteopaths that all added different elements of their passion that gave me the tools to rebuild and come back stronger than ever.
2: I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this that are like really resonating with your story and because I'm a big believer of fitness happened and most people who are in the fitness industry be it whether it's experts PTs or just people who love going to the gym mm-hmm. I've been speaking to a lot of people and most of them are ex-sports ex something that was fitness like in their childhood so like for me I was a gymnast mm-hmm. and I was a dancer and that was my life from the age of 2 all the way up to 22 mm-hmm. and injury was a huge part of my life because I just hammered my body and battered it but mm-hmm. the difference then was as a child my body was my tool
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that was kind of how I saw it is like I loved my body I was training because I loved what I was doing not because of what it looked like mm-hmm. and I think there'll be a lot of people who are listening to this really resonating with the seeing the signs and hammering their bodies and will certainly go on to that because the whole reason my whole journey and perception and mindfulness kind of changed towards exercise was because I kept getting injured and then the world massively knocked me off my feet and I fell really badly and I couldn't physically train for like two months and then everything changed so I guess if I was to ask you one simple question when it comes to movement is what do you think moving and exercise should look like for
3: someone. Okay, so there's definitely no one answer here because yeah. everyone's a little bit different. So, if I think about everyone that's listening and the diversity of people's passions, interests, abilities, fitness levels, goals, in the day, if you look at it this way, everybody no matter what age you are is hopefully wanting to move well, feel good in their body, feel happy, feel strong, feel capable and confident to go and perform any act they want right and live long and be free from pain and to be functional that could be a generic thing in everybody hopefully even if you're someone who likes to play on computers and likes sitting at a desk all day yeah you still have to have a high level of physical health Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to last that long. If you're someone who's driven by money and success and power and you're a city person that likes that life and traders, for example, who like so highly stressed, if they don't take care of themselves physically, all this money that they're making doesn't really matter because they're not going to be around to enjoy it. If you're an athlete or you're an aspiring athlete or you're someone who wants to be more physically active because you're worried about your age or your health or you've had a health scare or it's just because you want to pick up your kids and be active with your kids, you have to take care of your health physically and mentally. So we have to find ways for this to be part of our day as a ritual that makes sense to you, that you enjoy, you get a nice feeling of satisfaction or, you know, that feeling of you've achieved something that day that eventually becomes more sustainable and something you can make part of life.
2: Yeah. So then on the flip side of that, where have we maybe got movement wrong in the fitness industry at the moment? So I like to say that initially just to set the tone because
3: it's something that everyone needs to acknowledge here because everyone's a little bit different. People look at my Instagram page and they'll go, oh my God, I can't do that. How do you ever do that? I wish I could do that or I wish I was born with this ability. People forget my movement initially was lift weights, go and ride my bike do something that felt like I was doing some exercise with no guidance, no structure, just getting a sweat on every day. And I thought that was enough movement. So the way I got it wrong was I wasn't paying enough attention to improving my joint health, to stretching more, to allow my muscles and my connective tissue that makes up who I am, up to the task of all the wear and tear I was doing every day. And everyone can relate to that depending on what they do every day you're beating your body up in some way, shape, or form every day through repetitive movement patterns, whatever those movement patterns are. Mm. Right? So the reason people get old and rickety and then hunch back and rounded shoulders and body hurting and hips tight and needing things replacing, it's a repetition of a movement pattern that's eventually ended up being an injury or something even more severe that you need to either do a massive rehab or you need a part of that body replacing. Or you just put up with it for the rest of your life, not knowing that you could have helped yourself. Again, I go off on a bit of a tangent there, but everybody needs to wake up to the fact that they need a ritual every day that allows them to feel like they're moving enough in different directions and lifting up enough resistance to get through life free from pain, happy, healthy, functional, confident, so you can go and do whatever you want to do with your time. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm yeah. kind of answering the right no, way. No, no. I'm trying to Absolutely. give context to people that don't quite understand how important this actually is. You know, I'm speaking to like all sorts of different people here that are just looking yeah. to try and improve their quality of life because they're dealing with an injury, a repetitive problem. Why is it happening? What's wrong? Why do I keep getting the same injury? Or how do we even get started? The yeah. point is you've just got to start moving every single day and start to figure out what your body's telling you in terms of feedback to know where to focus on. And that's what I'm trying to help people with.
2: And where do you think that, even if it's not exercise, for example, for those who might be listening to this who do lift weights, and they don't, will go on to mindful practices and kind of where you've touched on those rituals in a minute. But like, if I take myself back a year, and i was in the gym lifting weights four times a week mm-hmm. maybe doing a bit of mobility in between that maybe just because my coach probably made me at some point mm-hmm. And i kept getting injured and i just didn't feel good in my body you know i like just didn't actually feel great why do you think that there comes a point when that kind of training doesn't always serve us anymore and that we need to start looking at different ways of moving Well, I definitely know from my childhood and
3: the younger years when I was playing high-level sport, and this was athletics as well as rugby Mm -hmm. at the time, there's no real attention put on prehab. So getting your body ready for the actual exercise, apart from a few little lame stretches and a little warm-up. And you can apply that to most disciplines. And the repetitive stress from that particular sport, let's say bodybuilding, gymnastics, rugby, football, Mm. you go through the same pattern day in, day out. And yeah, you might feel strong in those areas and it will help improve your ability to perform that sport. And this can apply to anything. The wear and tear eventually causes that much stress that something has to give because you haven't allowed enough time for it to heal. Yeah. So even now, knowing all this and having understood the body a lot more through the research that's out there, We're constantly learning now the difference between the loading of the body, moving the right planes of motion, so having the good joint health, changing the directions, mixing up your workouts so your body is challenged and is able to adapt, but also allowing time for you to heal. So the recovery is really lacking. and The management of this stress is really just not put into practice it's going back to your question, if someone's been pushed through training or you go into this class that you like every single week and you're not mixing up how you move but putting the same amount of time into the stretching off and the mobility exercises and purely simply breathing correctly, something is going to give. And you felt that, I felt that, and only the fortunate ones are able to recover and rebuild or the unfortunate ones done so much damage that need things yeah. replacing, you know. So this can
2: all be prevented. And how can someone start making steps to prevent that into their daily life? So you talked about putting in rituals and certain things. What are some of the simple steps that people can start to make to switch up their training? Going from the mindset that people
3: are busier, people have got loads more going on. I say, generalised people,
2: yeah. you
3: know, of all different ages, of all different walks of life, from all different interests. It's not for you to stop doing what you love to do, but if you find that it's causing you pain or something is irritating you, you need to address it. Otherwise, it's going to cause even more problems. So starting with something really simple each day or just a few times a week to allow you to get that little break to reset and to really allow that recovery phase to set in yeah is a good starting point, so that would look like you know I'm a big believer in breath practices, so whether you call mm-hmm. that a breathing exercise where you're doing inhale and exhale exercises and some of you guys that are listening might know about the breath holds and box breathing, all of these things, and then going into meditation, for example, I'll do breath work and meditation to help improve how my nervous system reacts. And without going to too much science, the difference between nervous system, you know, the sympathetic, which is your fight, flight, freeze, your react stress, and then you've got your parasympathetic, which is your calming, restful, restorative, regenerative state, which we need a lot more of in my eyes, that's not ever really ever reached. So you're never really maximizing how much sleep you're going to benefit from, how much your body is going to be able to go into that repair mode because you keep staying in that high stressed state that you're never bringing your levels down to really repair properly. And these exercises can take maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day. So that's doable for every single person.
2: Yeah.
3: It's not just about breathing, but breathing is the key. you then take that into a yoga practice you take that into a movement practice you take that into your stretching practice really mindfully address breath work really focus on it mindfully so your attention goes to that body part you're focusing on you really start to get the deeper openings and that real self-care self-practice that we're all looking for
2: and that was one of my questions the mind-body connection a lot of people talk about that when exercising i'm assuming you think it's extremely important and how can someone really tune into that and what are the benefits for them of of really owning that mind body connection whenever they're moving and working out a specific area i mean i've got some incredible mentors
3: that i'm constantly learning from and they've all got slightly different views or methods let's say and breath work is definitely coming out there in a a much bigger force now but it still can be quite confusing so the way i start to just introduce it is first of all how are you breathing the people listening to this now is your mouth wide open while you're listening to this so are you breathing through your mouth or are you breathing through your nose mm. two completely different effects on the body on the nervous system on your physiology so if you start to just bring attention to breathing in and out of your mouth you usually create a more heightened state if you start to breathe in and out of your nose you tend to find a calmer state that's generally how it works if you are looking to find more time to meditate but you really struggle because you've got this really busy monkey mind, it's not about quieting down the mind. It's more about finding some stillness in that state. And a really good way to do that is start to think about breathing through your nose and the action of breathing through your nose. And that's in its simplest form yeah. if you're looking to bring yourself into a more calmer state. If you're stressed at work, if you're stressed because you're playing a game and that pressure is burning your fuel, you are burning fuel, you are stressed, you are using energy inefficiently. Use that how you want. If you can start to take a few more deeper, fuller breaths through your nose, you are going to calm down your nervous system and it's going to start conserving energy a lot more efficiently. That's generally how it seems to work. So I then apply that to my meditation and I apply it to my movement practice I apply it to my physical training. I even apply it when I'm doing weight training, if I ever do it. Yeah, I was about to
2: say, do you even weight train anymore?
3: Not much. I only Um, use real basic functional tools like kettlebells. A lot of time it's just to rehab and to make sure I'm keeping my joints healthy. Mm -hmm. But my physical practice is really mastering my own body weight, and that's keeping me in ridiculous shape. And I don't have any real weight on me that isn't used And that was really the goal for me because I can apply it now to pretty much anything that I want to go and give a go at. If you know me, that is everything.
2: (laughs) No, I think it's amazing. I think that's the turning point. And unfortunately for both of us, it took that injury to switch up our headspace on it and not really any choice. But when you're like, if we go back to where you said your injury happened and your mind was a mess, How did you come out of that space with your mind? Because I'm assuming you probably worked on your mind before you applied it to your movement. A bit more depth on where I was at. My rugby was such a big part for
3: me. It was that space where I go to let loose, to mm-hmm. let steam off, let's call it. And I think if everyone wants to relate to this story, there's always times in our lives when we wish we could go and escape the situation that we're in in some way and blow off some steam, you know, sweat it out, you know, all these things that we'd go and yeah. do just to let loose. But also it's a way for us to relieve the tension that builds up on us. It's a way we shake off stress a lot of the time. But what tends to happen is you can cause too much stress in your body by pushing yourself too hard, thinking you're trying to, like, blow off the cobwebs or trying to clear the mind when you actually Mm -hmm. might be causing more stress. So what it forced me to do was to shut down. My body shut me down. Mm -hmm. It said, sit your bum down and really regroup a little bit here because something's not right. You're stressing yourself out and you need to address it, which then took me down a path of going to see physios, osteopaths and all these specialists and it took years for me to find an osteopath in Sydney that gave me these trigger point tools and foam rollers and this was before it became a real big thing and I was like what are these things and he couldn't believe I didn't have a clue what I was looking at and I was supposed to be a a professional athlete Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and within one session he was able to cure a lot of the aches and pains that had been literally crippling me for years. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I hugged him and I was almost in tears because I couldn't believe how different I felt. Or because I'd paid attention to one, he made me breathe and focus on the point he was triggering to relieve that area from tension by allowing my nervous system through the breathing for that bit of tissue to let go. And it happened right there in front of my eyes. So I was thinking this is all mumbo-jumbo stuff, breathing, meditation, being mindful. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense to me. I was a stubborn rugby player, very macho. And all of a sudden, I realized the power in breathing that I'd never really given chance before. Yeah. And then he said, go to a yoga practice. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. You've done pretty well so far. I'll keep listening to you. And struggled, moved a little bit, sweated a lot, tried to keep up with everybody in that competitive nature that I do. Didn't really get on yeah. with yoga at all. Really, really struggled. Found it very frustrating because my flexibility was horrible. Couldn't even touch my toes. Everything hurt. My hips were so tight, couldn't even cross my legs. So, if you look at me now and see where I've come from, especially this is like 15 years later, and I'm still working on myself, but I've found now a path and a practice that now keeps my body in a really good working order because I take all these little bits out of all the lessons that I've learned from my teachers.
2: Yeah and do you think that like the success like you just you mentioned like you know you're like the best shape Mm -hmm. do you think that's because you stop chasing being in the best shape so I'm thinking of a lot of the people that will be listening to this Mm -hmm. and one of the things I always talk about when I was coaching still and with my program is I'm very much Mm -hmm. like oh we spend far too much time focusing on what the gym will give us in terms of happiness and appearance Mm -hmm. and not enough time learning what truly feels good for us Mm -hmm. why do you think that People aren't seeing results because they're chasing exactly that, the aesthetics, rather than what their body's craving and what their mindsets are craving.
3: I definitely can speak on my own part here because, again, everyone's a little bit different here. You've got to be quite sensitive around this, but generically, what tends to happen with people that are pushing themselves on a daily basis into that stress state, and you know physiologically putting the body under all those demands on a regular basis and not putting enough time into the recovery yeah you tend to be then hitting a bit of a stalemate you you know you hit that wall you stop getting stronger you almost feel weaker sometimes or you get injuries or you're not losing that last bit of weight that you're trying to lose there are a few factors that tend to usually need to be addressed that a lot of people aren't willing to try or they're lacking education, understanding, and they haven't put themselves in that position yet. So there's obviously one, there's food, if you're looking at weight loss, for example, which is obviously a big thing for a lot of people. Calories in, calories out, energy in, energy out is really as it is, what it's about when it comes to that. But the quickest way to go about improving people's bodies is getting a combination of lots of different things and using weights, for example, and training and SMART is really, really important. But the damage is that people get so deep into aesthetics and you know, looking in the mirror and wanting to have this appearance, especially with the rise of having to look so good under camera and all this social media stuff. A lot of people then get themselves in a bit of a mess and really miss the healing powers and the growth possibilities from just simply taking a break.
2: Yeah.
3: And my personal experience on that was as soon as I stopped lifting so much weight, and as eating so much food excessively, even though it was healthy, yeah. I got my physical and mental state very, very quickly. And it blew my mind because I was very stuck in my ways from years of bad habits and poor education.
2: How do you think someone can get out of their mind in that respect? Because even for me, I, I literally will play with weights occasionally when I'm like, oh, I probably should do something there for my joints. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't for a long time. And then I dislocated my shoulder because I was doing a lot of, body weight stuff like for me again it was a I had no choice to change my mindset but how can someone take what you're saying to them here if they're in a completely different headspace if they're training right now and the way that they move how can they start changing that and like moving into a different space start tuning into what their body's craving and what feels good
3: well usually what feels good is something that gives your body a little break that gives your body that chance to take a little rest and to nourish it So again, food, what you put in your body is a huge part. If you're putting nourishing foods, whole foods, plant foods in your body and not eating so much rubbish, you're going to feel quite good physically and mentally quite quickly. And making that effort on what you're putting on the inside usually shines on the outside. But also mentally, it makes you think a bit more about that nourishment. Yeah, And you can then start to apply it to the exercises that you do. You know, if you're smashing your body week in, week out, even though you might look great are you missing something that is going to take you to that next level so if you've got all these habits you're trying to break because you're in this routine and maybe it's all you know hold up you don't know any better or even if it might be a bit of a mental battle making more conscious efforts about longevity and thinking about the long term rather than the short term gains of looking a certain way for whatever reason that is and mentally making that shift to like you've got a long time in this body if you are looking to last in this body and behave feel look the way you want to look until you leave the planet or this life for everyone look at it You've got to think about longevity. Your body will not withstand wear and tear at high intensity for long. Right. It's just a matter of time before something gives way. And whether that's noticing it with aging because of the stress, whether it's physically or whether it's mentally, it will show, it will come through. So if that's a mindset shift, to yeah. like that is important to you, that's a big wake up for me. And that was one of the biggest things because I saw it and you know, break down clients, I saw it happen to my own family, And making that shift to looking at more of the long term and nourishing the body swayed me then to put more focus into my yoga practice, my meditation, my stretching, my mobility and eating so much better. And it has transformed my life and everybody I've come into contact with that I've been fortunate enough to, you know, coach.
2: It is something I think that's just so amazing because we kind of step back and go wow how is this even possible with all the work that I've been you know I've been that person who was in great shape from training and I was horrible I hated myself I never actually saw that I was in great shape so I didn't put it to any good measure I was just eating for the sake of eating I wasn't Mm -hmm. listening to my body I just that's not self-love to me at all Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I got injured and I had to have six weeks off training and then in that six weeks where I lost weight and got in great shape I was like hang on a minute something's (laughs) wrong here like Mm -hmm. we've got this all wrong and And then it was a health scare where my doctor was like, if you continue living your life this way, you will not be able to have children. Mm -hmm. And that is all I ever wanted. And I think that's such a nice thing that you said in terms of shifting your mindset, like you're in this body for a long time. And there's so much that you want to do with it. And it's amazing how once you shift that focus, isn't it, you become Mm -hmm. happier and you see moving in a completely different light. And you've spoken a lot about the stress and the effects and the pressure that people put on themselves mm-hmm. how can someone start to learn to like release that pressure because i only did it because i physically had no choice and then when i saw the results i was like oh god there's something weird here i'm not really moving as much and i'm in better shape and i'm happier mm-hmm. and it's quite a hard place to be in as a pt as well because you want people to get up and move and there are certain people who need to incorporate more movement into their life for sure but the majority of people we're speaking to are people in this instagram space who probably are moving in the wrong ways rather than, like, needing to get up and move. I feel like as a population that loads of people are now understanding the importance of moving. Mm -hmm. But where can we release that pressure? Like, what do you think the pressures are that people are, like, focusing too much on? I mean, again, it's quite hard to generalise, and I don't
3: speak for everybody else. I know myself more than anyone. But, again, to make it relatable to everybody that might listen to this is... Whatever you're into, whether you are an athlete, whether you are someone in the fitness industry and you want to keep yourself healthy or whether you're a mom that's looking after some kids at home and just wants to keep that weight off and feel healthy and be active with your children or whether you're a high-flying city broker or someone that works in an office and you just have this drive to be successful and health and fitness is even on your radar, we all need to take care of ourselves a little bit better. And that's great if you've got that mindset. But the trends with, you know, things like HIIT training and this high-level performance training and and these heavy weights and aesthetic bodybuilding, it's not hard to find the stories of the wear and tear and the stress on the body and the cardiovascular system and the nervous system from constantly being in that stressed state that you're in when you're working in that intensity. So the wear and tear there is physical and mental.
2: Yeah.
3: And... I think when you're getting that euphoric lift of endorphins in the body that makes you feel great because you have just done this amazing workout, okay, that's great in short little doses, and I'm all for that. We all need to add resistance. We want need to keep our bones healthy, our joints healthy, and that takes resistance, so we need to mix up the tempo. But a lot of people are getting in, smashing out their workout, feeling great or sweaty or jacked up or high on life, but not allowing yeah. the wind down. And this is the big mistake because this is the real key in people want to lose weight. If you're going and doing HIIT training and body weight training and all this lifting to lose weight and you're not allowing yourself time to wind down and rest and recover and restore, it's like your hormones are all over the place. Yeah. And again, without going to the science here, so heaven stays with me, you know, your endocrine system, the hormone space, it's something that we need to pay more attention to because... You might be eating healthy and training all the time, but what you're probably doing is never giving your body a chance to reset and then your hormones go all out of whack. And I see this on a regular basis with people that come to me with weight loss goals or just generally strengthening goals, whatever it is. It's something that's always played a part because their nervous system is all over the place and there's no consistency. So there's definitely effect there that's been overlooked or maybe not really respected enough. And I think if you're going to get started with something to help balance you out, You need to find a practice after your training or between your training when you're resting to really switch off. And my tools, meditation, breath work,
1: movement,
3: yoga, all of these things just in a way that's a regenerative, that's restorative, that's a movement that allows you to check in with yourself and step out of everything else and that pace of life that you deal with on a regular basis. Slow it down.
2: Well, I think that's the thing that people forget as well is exercise isn't the only stress on their life. Most of us are trying to change careers or build a business or do 101 things at once, build a family. And so the pressure that we're putting ourselves is already affecting our hormones before we've been stepped in the gym, before we've even gone and smashed that hit workout. We're already mm-hmm. in a heightened state of alert, aren't we? We're already yeah. stressed. Yeah. and that's what people are so petrified of stepping away from is i get it all the time where people say to me but going to the gym is my time out and i'm like well then you need to reassess because yes that might be your time to go and like not think about work but there's other things that you can go and do for time out and that's kind of become a bit of an issue right in the industry where people say that that's their like space and their downtime because i don't see how the gym can be any form of doubt down- like obviously movement can be so those are your rituals breath work Meditation, movement, flowing. How do you meditate?
3: If there's one thing I could pull into this and leave people with something inspiring, mm. but also enough of a push to give people that confidence that anybody can do this, and I promise you, you will never regret it, it's start with something really, really simple that brings your attention to your breathing so you can go inwards a little bit and calm down your state. We all need to unwind. We all need to de-stress at times. And if we're just a bit more conscious about how we were feeling and then being able to like do something that can alleviate that feeling, it is worth it. It really, really is. So coming from someone who didn't meditate and still has to work at it, you know, I don't meditate every day. I'm honest. I'm very real. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm in different time zones. I've got a lot going. I'm juggling lots of different things like everybody else is. But I always know I'm – Performing better, I'm more focused, I'm more switched on, I'm feeling happier, I'm feeling less stressed when I've made time that day to check out, put on a guided meditation, practice some breathing exercises. And I'll just start with giving myself a target of five minutes. And that five minutes feels so good that I'll be there for longer. Mm. Everyone has five minutes, no one can say they don't. No one. It's just how do you start? So my morning ritual, I'll make a tea. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see this ritual. (laughs) A lemon and ginger tea with a little bit of apple cider vinegar and some warm water. That's become my ritual. It always has been since I started this whole thing. And it sort of gets me into the right headspace. I create this nice little zen environment in my home where I'll light my oil burner. And I'll have some nice meditation essential oils in there. And that sets the tone And I might put some nice little music on. That whole ritual in itself gets me in that mindset. It might sound a bit like airy-fairy to some people, but it helps me sort of switch into that head, that mind, that smell. It just takes me back into the state I was in previously that I'm going to go back there again. But some days it isn't always the same. Some days I'm super busy. I'm really hectic. I've got a lot going on. I'm thinking about, oh, my God, I haven't got time for this because I've got so much to do that day. Mm. I've just got to go richie stop you know you're going to be able to be functioning at a much higher capacity if you do this now and you can always come back to when you think you've not done anything that day you can oh no i actually meditated this morning and i do feel calmer. i do feel more focused simply taking some breaths in and out through my nose and then breathing down into that belly up into the ribs into the chest and thinking about a bit of a wave and the whole process of the inhale and the exhale is a really good starting point and just start to calm your state and start to think about what's actually going on when you're breathing and check over your body how is it feeling little things like that are a little body scan just to get things started i mean you might even be able to do this now while you're listening how are you yeah. breathing? take another big breath in for your nose and then let it out you might be lucky and get that sensation in one breath You know, and then change it like, okay, breathe in for your mouth (gasps) and breathe out for your mouth. (gasps) A lot more intense. It's It's a very different experience. So be aware of that. Let that be your first test today. And then if you start to get more into it, you can close your eyes. You can do mantras. You can maybe find a guided meditation where people can take you on a bit of a journey with it all. Or you can start to count, inhale, exhale. Or things like box breath, which are huge tools for me to get people started and just to get a bit more focus on wherever you are, if you're feeling a bit scatty, Mm -hmm. is like breathe in in a box count. So start with it's three seconds. That's nice and easy. So you're going to breathe in for three seconds. You're going to hold it for three seconds, breathe out for three seconds, and hold it for three seconds. And you kind of repeat that cycle in that box. breath. And then you can usually build up four seconds, five seconds. But the thinking about the count and the holes and the exhales really tune in to the practice
2: and that allows you anywhere without any other tools other than yourself and that's a huge i mean that's huge i mean i don't know about anyone else listening but i already feel like 100 times calmer in the last five minutes (laughs) because in just talking about it yeah but it's not even that it's just talking about it just discussing it and just speaking about the breath work i think also changes your mental shift a little bit so just have Mm -hmm. some calm Mm -hmm. and it's always good. I love always asking kind of my experts what their own personal rituals are. And I'm yet to interview someone that hasn't said to me meditation. And that in most interesting part is that everyone's is different, but the kind of beauty of it is that I think what's happened with this whole mindfulness ritual, like putting things into your daily life is that people have put too much pressure on themselves as to how they should be doing it. How often they should be doing it. Are they doing it right? Are they doing it wrong? Does it have to be woo woo? They're doing the same thing that they're doing with movement they're yeah. like scared to start because they don't know all the answers you know it's so important that people can start
3: just to get a little bit of hope and confidence in the fact that, that anyone can do this if you struggle because you think that your mind's too busy and this happens with a lot of people with overactive minds especially if you're really overly stimulated and in that state you know if you're really really anxious for example and you've had something happen that's really traumatic. You know and we all have these different states where our body reacts and goes to this real stressful response trying to like help yeah. us help us survive and get through it so the quickest way for you to get a grip on things and to bring those levels down to be able to make a more calmer decision and to get some clarity and to resolve that matter the quickest way to do that is just to start to take these breaths in and out yeah. and even if you feel like your mind's too busy and you can't count or you really can't focus it's still classed as a meditation. It's still classed as a breath practice because you yeah. keep working on it. And that's the key. Don't be disheartened if you can't get it at first. Just keep practicing. It is your superpower.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? It's a practice. Yeah.
3: It's a practice that I am constantly working on. And it's never yeah. straightforward. But it was the biggest tool for me to, like, spend time with these breathing practitioners and do all this meditation. Yeah. And- pranayamas because it just goes into like lots of experimentation but you always have a positive outcome just purely on seeing what works and what feels right in that moment
2: is that something that someone can implement whilst in the gym as well if they're like scared to start mm-hmm. completely going I'm putting myself into my old Becky headspace and mm-hmm. I'm like no, I'm not just going to stop going and doing my HIIT training oh, I'm going to do my hit training and I'm going to do my yoga and until I know that my yoga feels good I'm going to you know if someone's in that headspace can they start these exercises in the gym will they get better results from the training will they feel like they don't need to hammer it as hard just from breathing
3: well most people it's uh, explain why and there's a lot of people why nose breathing so just a bit yeah. of insight there to, i mean there's a massive thing if you go on google and type in youtube mouth breathing nose breathing and what's the difference it's mad really what's now happening with the science and the research that's out there's proving The differences Mm. and and when you can use it. There is a time when you breathe through the mouth, things like transformational breath, for example, use a lot of breath, inhale, exhale through the mouth to heighten the state, to clear blockages and things like that. But it's still a stress state. So if you're looking to be more focused on calming the state and not burn as much fuel and not burn as much energy and have composure and to stay focused and to have that really efficient performance, which let's talk about your gym time. Yeah. If you start to now go into the gym and just breathe through your nose while you're doing your workout, see how hard it is to keep your mouth shut. So the waste mm-hmm. gases from training are the release of carbon dioxide out of the body, which usually the time if you're super sensitive to it, you just have to blow it out your mouth because you can't contain yourself. It's that yeah. urgency to breathe. So if you become more in control of that carbon dioxide when it builds up so you don't have to blow it all out, you actually get a lot of efficiency then with the oxygen into the blood to then help pump that through into the body to then work more efficiently and to have more power output and more efficiency with the the tissue absorbing the oxygen. So there's a little bit of science from what I've got to it. It's a huge focus. If you can keep your mouth shut while you're working out and you're pushing quite hard, that's a really good sign that you've got great CO2 tolerance. Yeah. If you don't, and if you're constantly blowing out your mouth, it either means ill health or you've got some work to do on improving how you manage carbon dioxide. And that's something that really needs to be worked on. Yeah. So go and Google it, go and YouTube it, and you honestly have your mind blown.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's of- so interesting. And I don't think it's made aware enough in the industry. So thank you so much. I guess my last question to you would be if you could preach one thing. What would it be? If you could give my audience one little nugget, I know you've said so many amazing nuggets, but one thing on how you would change their mindsets of movement and their current fitness regime, what would it be? I do preach a
3: lot. I get anyone who follows <laughs> what I'm up to. I'm on it all day, every day, because I really yeah. do want to live and breathe what I practice and preach. Yeah. And it really is moving every single day. The old saying of like, use it or lose it. Is real so whatever you're into whatever your master plan is in this life if you figured out your purpose yet or whether you're still trying to figure it out your health your well-being physically and mentally is important very very important if you're not actively doing something about it every single day consciously prepare yourself for something to come back at you because your body was telling you everything you need to know Maybe you've already had those signs. Do something about it in the smallest possible way. If it's a big task because you've got this busy life, and I know people have kids and lots of jobs and crazy home lives and stuff. I know there's all that going on. But you have to take care of you and not let anyone else do it for you. The sooner you take charge of making those actions, it doesn't matter how much peer pressure you have, what your parents are like, how you've been brought up, you have the opportunity now to make a difference with your health. Starting with what you put in your body, start filling it full of processed foods and junk and sugar without paying the price if you haven't got the balance with lots more whole foods and vegetables. Mm. Simple one, but that's a whole new podcast. But yeah. in terms of health, move your body from a physical point of view, get the joints moving in lots of different directions, get the heart rate up during the day, breathe, really think about breathing through your nose when you walk to work, when you're at work, when you're out training, Breathe through your nose. Try and think about that efficiency. Try and keep that calm throughout your whole day. But move any way you can. Start with five minutes. You'll feel great for it. And try and disconnect from your phone when you're doing it.
2: Oh, I love that. Well, thank you. So much, my love. For those of you listening, you can find Richie at the Strength Temple on Instagram, and he's also hosts some wonderful workshops, don't you? In and out of London, which mm. I, you're not doing another one now until next year, are you? Well, actually, no. We
3: launched and the one I actually invited you to a couple of weeks ago because it sold out in twelve hours. It was obviously a bit of a no-brainer to try and add another one in, thinking it was just going to be a trial. So we put fourth yeah. of November, but that's sold out already. And oh, then I've had another one on the 25th, which I think we've got a couple of spaces left because I'm to promote it from today. So depending on where this goes out, that might be irrelevant. Yeah. But I'm trying to do one every single month in London because oh. I love my London community and it's always just nothing but good vibes.
2: And what do you teach in those workshops? So thinking? everything
3: I've just talked about, which yeah. is so exciting, you know, it's three hours with me in a okay. space surrounded by lots of other good people, very open-minded, no judgment. You can be as vulnerable as you want to be. You know, I go from the very basics of just how to connect with yourself, with breathing, with movement. We'll do a bit of yoga connection, mobility, breath work, and you'll get to meet a lot of other good people also in that headspace. It just shows how great a community actually is in London that can be welcoming rather than intimidating, which I think needs to be worked on a little bit more.
2: Well, it sounds amazing, and I'll definitely make sure I'm at the next one. I promise. But thank you so much for today, my love, and for all of you listening. Everything you need to know about Richie will be in the show notes and in the bio of this episode. And I'm sure he'll be happy to hear from you mm-hmm. if you want to reach out and slide yeah, into his DMs.
1: Yeah, I love
2: that. <laughs> he loves that. that. Yeah. So thank you so much, my love, and I will speak to you soon. Thank you. Awesome. Take care. Bye. You have been listening to the Alternatively Healthy wellness podcast series by Becky Raven. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to leave your comments and feedback below and don't forget to give us a lovely little rating. For more information on our podcasts, other episodes, and to find out more about what we do, please visit www.alternativelyhealthy.co.uk. And remember, shaping the healthiest version of you means looking purely at you.